Welcome to Wednesday. It is April 19th, 2023. Your Day Weather Podcast brought to you by Cowboy State Daily and brought to you also by YDOT. Remember, when there's ice and snow, take it slow. Well, the snow is still very deep. This is not a photo from Foxborough that was taken, oh, midwinter or so. This was taken this past Sunday. I've been seeing a lot of photos like this of huge snow drifts, not only in the high country. This is up Oh, just around 9,000 feet or so. Foxborough near Fox Park, Wyoming, west of Laramie in the southern end of the Snowy Range. There is just a lot of snow, and especially a lot for this late in the season. And this cold April weather is just not going to allow the mountain snow to melt much at all. In fact, we're just going to add to it. It is going to just be windy, raw, and blustery on the plains. More mountain snow showers, rain and snow showers will be found on the plains along with temperatures that are going to be a good 20, 25, 30 degrees colder. And these below average normal temperatures are going to go right on into the weekend, I'm afraid to say. And next week, I don't think we're going to do much better. But the good news about next week, we're keeping our fingers and toes crossed, is that there could be some spring precipitation coming and maybe into some areas that really need it. We'll talk about that here in a minute. And also, as we discussed yesterday, we're going to give you an update on whether or not El Nino is really coming on or not now that La Nina is all finished. Today's satellite photo shows that uh, we've got some cloudiness trailing in on the backside of this fractured low. This area right here will be the more significant weather across the United States, but this is a cold or moist pattern Winds aloft are coming in from the northwest, and you can see out in the Pacific, there's still plenty going on weather-wise out there. You can see the upper level low is now going to be centered right over northeastern areas of Montana and is going to head this way today. Cold, moist air funneling behind the system coming right out of the Gulf of Alaska into the Rockies. So this is not going to be a spring-like weather pattern at all. It's going to make it windy. It's going to make it chilly. This is for Friday morning. The low in two days does not go very far. So there's going to be plenty of winter weather up here in the northern plains, cold and more snow, cold northwest winds aloft into the Rockies, while good weather here along the west coast and along the east coast. But if you're in the middle part of the nation, not so much. Here's your precipitation forecast through 6 p.m. on Saturday. And you can see those northern areas getting the wet the most. That little patch here, this will be developing mainly today and into tomorrow across southern Wyoming and parts of Colorado, then out into the Plain States. And the snowfall forecast continues to show eastern Montana, North Dakota, Minnesota continuing their snow season that this seems like it's just not going to end with the cold April weather continuing. These are the temperature anomalies for tomorrow. So this is for tomorrow, this is for Friday, and this is for Saturday. And you can see by Saturday, the colder weather, blue norther coming down into North Texas and cold air spilling across the Plain States, warming up here along the West Coast, but boy, you've got to go all the way to the West Coast to find temperatures even this close to average with that cold weather spilling on in. Now this is by next Tuesday. This is what we're going to need to keep an eye on next week. If we can get a little bit of a low, not even a big one, but a little bit of a low to come down here into the Four Corners area, the Utah Western Slope of Colorado area, and kind of sit around there for a couple of days. The counterclockwise spin will help draw up some moisture from the southern areas, maybe even the Gulf, and pull it back to the plains. This is important because if this happens, then we may 
for eastern Colorado, Nebraska, parts of Kansas, this area right here, maybe get into some rain and thunderstorm activity, even a little bit of wet snow towards the middle of next week. We'll put a question mark on it because we don't have full agreement yet, but we're do we are seeing that tendency. So this may help those areas finally get some spring precipitation because the storms have been going more along this northern track. We'll see what happens. If it ends up going that southern track or not, we'll keep an eye on it for you. But that does offer a little bit of hope. There's really no hope with temperatures. Hate to show this to you, really do. This is the 10-day cumulative forecast of temperature anomalies across the United States, lower 48 states, over the next 10 days. Look at all the green across Wyoming, Idaho, Utah, Colorado, the Dakotas, up into the Upper Plains states, up into southern Canada, just not warming up not warming up at all. Now, let's get into the El Nino question, whether or not we're in El Nino yet. The answer is no, we're not there yet. But I do want to show you, though, how much sea surface temperature anomalies have changed in a year. So this is the area we always keep an eye on, the warm subtropical waters along the equator. This is where these changes in sea surface temperatures have a really big impact on our weather in the central and western United States, especially uh, when it comes to precipitation. We really live and die by what the Pacific does. So right now we're in a neutral phase. We're not warm enough to be an El Nino. We're certainly not cold enough to be a La Nina anymore. And look at where we were a year ago. Look at that difference. There's La Nina, La Nina gone. So we are seeing the sea surface temperatures finally change. But we still also have a lot of cold water here along the West Coast. And this is really beginning to really affect things with temperature and will for California and the West Coast going into the latter half of the spring season. Those colder than average sea surface temperatures are, are going to make a difference. But La Nina is gone. You can see the change that has happened there. And look at the change. This is since the middle of December. So the middle of December, this all shows on the positive side of the scale that the sea surface temperatures have been rising with La Nina going to an end. And thing to remember, this is a cyclical phenomenon. And we know that this cyclical phenomenon has occurred pre-industrial age. It goes way back. This goes back to the, uh, this goes back to the 1850s uh, when we might have some idea. It's kind of hard. You have to use what we call proxies to go that far back. But you can see the cyclical nature. The warm periods in the Pacific show in red. The cold periods show in blue. Now, what we do tend to see is the blue periods, when they're colder like that, is more droughty for the Western United States. And certainly over the last 30 years, the Pacific has been in a colder phase than a warmer phase. Hence, the three decades where we've had three severe droughts in the central and western United States. And if we just go back to the early 80s, you can see the cyclical nature. So the good news is you cycle out of these phases. But when you have these cold phases, like the most recent one here, the recent cold phase right around 2011, 2012, then back to the late 90s and early 2000s, those longer lasting cold phases lead to drought. Also, we have seen some connection between when we get El Ninos and the solar cycle. So if we go back to the solar cycles back to 1950, to the present solar cycle 25 we have now, if you look at when El Ninos tend to come on the strongest, it's near the cyclical peak of the 11-year solar cycle. Near the peak and just after the peak of the 11-year solar cycle, 
we have recorded El Ninos, not just El Ninos, but some of the stronger ones. Now, this does not necessarily mean the sun is driving El Ninos, but it is certainly eyebrow raising when you take a look at these cycles. We also tend to see the strongest La Ninas near the bottom of the solar cycles, and that's where we have seen the last really three strong droughts near the bottom of the solar cycle. So we are now heading into our solar cycle peak. So as we go into late this year, into 2024, the next solar cycle will likely reach its peak. So we should expect an El Nino to form. We're seeing that and we're seeing some solar connection there. You can see currently where the drought is at the worst. As you go from central and western Iowa through a large part of Nebraska, eastern Colorado, right here, drought conditions continue to be very bad. Now the blue and the green areas show where there's really been big improvements over the last 12 months. The white areas show where basically soil moisture conditions are adequate or about average. So we've got to see and hope that we can get this area to break and not expand or grow. And I think we likely will. It's just a matter of when. Now, if we go back to a year ago, this was the sea surface temperature forecast for June to August a year ago. And you can see the blue representing the cold there in the subtropical Pacific. However, this is the forecast for the same time period of this year. It's the polar opposite, where we, we still have these cooler than average sea surface temperatures here, but we see the subtropics really, really warming up. So basically it's a 180, it's a complete reversal. If we were to look at the 500 millibar heights during the forecast last year, one thing that last year had was the tropics across the globes was cooler than average for the entire year last year. And that shuts off a lot of water vapor going into the atmosphere and in turn leads to less precipitation. But this is the forecast for the next three months. So you can see it's exactly the same. I mean, exactly the opposite. We've just, we're doing a flip. We're doing a complete weather pattern change. And this is the graph I showed you yesterday. The probabilities by late fall and into early winter of an El Nino forming are very, very strong. So we're technically not in an El Nino yet. And it's important to tell you that timing is everything. A mature El Nino is when it's gonna produce the most precipitation. So the, the El Nino is not there yet. It's coming on. We're seeing weather patterns change. We saw that over the winter season with the increased precipitation in California and parts of the West and the North. But to really benefit for these areas here, those drought areas in the plains in Kansas, Eastern Colorado, those winter wheat areas, to really do that, you really need the, the El Nino to come on and be more mature. But we are seeing some hope that we will see the precipitation. This is for June, July, and August. I'm gonna show you three different models. This is the Canadian model, long range forecast for the three month period of June through August. The green represents above average chances of moisture, the brown below average. Now I'm gonna show you three different models that look all very different. And as I've told you many, many times in this podcast, models are not reality, models are only tools. Models may give us a hint of what the trend is going to be. So you do not want to take a look at these models at face value, but rather what the trend might be. And is the modeling picking up on a trend? You don't want to look at this map and say, oh, look, I'm going to get it wet or I'm going to be in a drought. But you want to see what that trend is in your area and we'll see what happens. 
So we're going to show you the Canadian model here, which is very, well, encouraging for this area right here for June, July, and August to bring on that needed precipitation. The CFS model, this is the U.S. model, climate forecast system, this is for May, June, and July. So it's not the exact same date range, but for May, June, and July, it's very bullish on precipitation. However, take this with a grain of salt. This model tends to over forecast the precipitation. So you don't want to look at that, and again, for face value, but you want to look at the trend. So the trend on that model and the Canadian model is good. The European model is not as bullish, but it's got a trend of better precipitation there as well. And with these big changes in the Pacific, going from colder Pacific near the tropics to a warmer Pacific to the tropics, as we make this phase change from La Nina to El Nino is encouraging. But since we do not have a mature El Nino now, having a really wet spring in those areas is probably not likely, or if it does start to get wet, it's gonna be on the tail end of the spring season and into early summer. So stay tuned, it's a much different scenario than it was a year ago, and that is encouraging. We'll see you tomorrow.